This is Philippians chapter 4, verse number 8, which is a long verse, but 8 only, as we read it together. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. With the emphasis on whatsoever things are pure, our Father and our God, help us. As we brought out this morning, Lord, help me not to lean unto mine own understanding, but to seek Thee every time before I preach. Our desire is to preach in the Spirit, surely, Lord, not to preach in the flesh. Our desire is to please Thee, our Father, as we realize we will stand before Thee for what we say and what we preach and the way we say it and the way we preach. With the Spirit we preach. We thank Thee for Thy high and holy calling upon our lives. Help us, Lord, to conform to the image of Thy Son and teach us some things tonight that might help us in our direction of our grandchildren, our children, our own wives and our own selves and our, all our friends and neighbors and relatives, our Father, that we would see something maybe that would help us in regard to this matter of purity. Get glory, we pray, O God, to thy name, for we pray our prayer in that name which is above every name, and that name at which every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that thou art Lord, to the glory of God the Father, every knee will bow before thee, Lord. Our knees will bow as well. And we'll wish that we'd done better. We will wish that we'd shunned sin in a greater way. We'll wish that we had spoken more lovingly to needy hearts than we have. We'll, dear Lord, in that day, wish that we'd been more pure than we've been and made sure that others were pure or paid the price, dear Lord, in regard to not listening to our counsel about staying away from the impure things and cleaving to the pure things. Lead us, we pray. Guide us, direct us, and fill us with thy presence. Do bless the offering tonight, Lord, whether it was much or little. Our Father, and bless all the offerings around here. May they be used for thy glory. May they bring praise to thy name. May they be used to get the gospel out as we think about putting this ad in the sword. Our Father, get some other helpers to come here. Maybe some people would leave their place of service or they're wanting to leave their place. Though they may be in a good church, maybe they're not in a good church. And they would love to come here and serve here. Dear Lord, may we so address the issue of his Baptist churches and all the other things in the sword, Lord, if we're able to put an ad in there. And Lord, if financially we can get one in there. And dear Lord, may it, may it 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 fold. Our father is Isaac, I think it was, who sowed there and he brought forth a 100 fold in that one planting. Lord, may a planting in the sword of the Lord maybe bring forth even a hundredfold 
some 30, some 60, some 100, maybe 10 times as much. Dear Lord, maybe 10 families, maybe multitudes more. Dear God, give us some workers here. We need them. Our people are doing a lot of jobs, our Father, and are called upon to do a lot of jobs, and we need more workers that are dedicated. Please send them our way. Help us when they come to thank Thee and praise Thee for answered prayer. We pray in Jesus' wonderful, glorious, and precious name. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Purity. Whatsoever things are pure, think on these things. I'm thinking of a man in the Old Testament. I think we could, we could call him Joseph the Pure. I'm thinking of another man in the New Testament, Nathaniel the, pu- the Pure. Look with me to John as you uh, have your Bible open. Look, turn to John chapter 1 with me. This is a great and wonderful statement by the lips of our lovely Lord and Master, the Lord Jesus Christ. And in chapter 1, in verse number, uh, verse number 45, it says, Philip findeth Nathanael, and saith unto him, We have found him, of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth the son of Joseph. And what does uh, Nathanael say? And Nathanael said, said unto him, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? He knew the reputation of that wicked town. For he was a man, Jesus says in a few moments, with no guile. Look what it says in the scriptures. Can there anything good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip saith unto him, Come and see. For he had said, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus saw Nathanael coming and saith unto him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no guile. And I looked that word guile up. It has reference to being a cunning deceptionist, a cunning deceiver. By the way, the devil is the deceiver. He's the destroyer. He's the one that carries people to destruction. And it says here, an Israelite indeed. He said, look, behold means look. Can you believe our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, saying this? Of a man, a human man? I, don't, I, I, just, I thought back on my life as a, as a younger one. Jesus couldn't say that of me. Jesus could not say that of me. Because I, though I was sincere in many ways, in my school days before I got saved, by the way, he's saying this to, to an unconverted man. I believe he's not saved yet. Because he says, Who can, it, can there any good thing come out and answer? Behold, look, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no guile, no deception, no cunningness. In fact, in in the one big dictionary that Brother Grab had, 
at the, uh, I don't know what year it is, but an older Webster's, and it said in there that this man was very frank and very honest and very innocent. Just forthright. Almost naive, it seems like. It doesn't say that. It didn't say naive. However, innocent. What to God? Did we get a baby? We got a baby. We got to wait to stop our sermon here. Linda had a healthy baby girl. Amen. Five minutes ago. Mom is doing fine. Thank you, Brother Lightsey. Praise the Lord. Oh, but which one? Little Lydia. She says, I want to have a girl. <laughs> Amen. All right. Thank the Lord for a little girl. I don't know what they're going to name her yet, so we'll find out about that later. Thank you, Brother Lightsey. All right, back to our sermon. Amen. Thank the Lord you can doctor this one up. And just, distract, just take that right out, Brother. When we pass the sermon on, we thank the Lord that we have such qualified people around here that we can all enjoy the break in the sermon. Amen. Jesus saw Nathanael coming, and he saith unto him. And then what did Nathanael saith unto him? Whence knowest thou me? How do you know me, Jesus? Get this. Philip had already told Nathanael that he was the Messiah. He was the one. And he was Jesus of Nazareth. Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Come and see. Then Jesus makes that declaration. Behold, or look, an Israelite indeed in whom is no guile. Nathanael saith unto him, Whence knowest thou me? Jesus answered and said unto him, Before that Philip called thee, when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. Look what Nathanael says. He's without guile now. He, you know, he's just, he's just as honest as, as, as anybody ever could be. And innocent as anybody could ever be. Nathanael answered and saith unto him, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God. Thou art the King of Israel. Why did he do that? <laughs> because he's, he knew that he had to be God to see him under the fig tree wherever in the world he was. It was so far away or something. Amen? Surely that's the answer. Because Jesus makes it plain in a second, in a minute here. Look what it says. Jesus answered and said unto him, Because I said unto thee, I saw thee under the fig tree, believest thou? <laughs> thou shalt see greater things than these. Boy, he didn't have any trouble believing. He wanted, to, he wanted to believe. He said, can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? But, he, Nazareth? but he wanted to know Christ. He wanted to meet the Messiah. He wanted to believe on him. And when he's made that declaration, that miraculous thing came out of his mouth. He said, he must be God or he could have never seen me over there. Amen. And I want to, and then he said another thing here. He, answered, he said unto him, verily, verily, I say unto you, hereafter, he's speaking to Nathaniel still, hereafter ye shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. 
<laughs> I think it sealed it for good, didn't it? <laughs> he said, you're going to see angels. Is that what that says? Angels of God, the angels of God, ascending and descending. Was this true of the whole ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ? That those that had a spiritual mind? That could see spiritually? That were not in darkness? He was sure the miracle man, wasn't he? I mean, Jesus making everywhere. Nobody dead ever stayed around Jesus. They plumb came alive, friends. Because he is, the, he is the, the life, the way, the truth, and the life. He's the resurrection and the life. Is what he said. Hereafter, you're going to see heaven open. I don't know if they didn't see this quite a bit, maybe. The disciples, maybe to encourage them in their walk of faith. They saw, they saw all these miracles. Have you ever seen a man's hand put back on? A blind man see? I've never seen any of that. Have you ever seen any of that? Well, they did. The 12 did. The, the lame got up and walked and jumped all over the place even after Jesus died and was resurrected in the beautiful gate, amen, with Peter and John. Hey, glory, I'm, I'm healed! <laughs> amen. Oh, my word. But can you imagine that seeing heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man? The angels of God ascending and descending, just like, you know, that... That's what the angels were doing with that ladder up to heaven with Jacob there at Bethel. He said, you think, you think that's something that I told you, that I saw you over the, under the fig tree? You're going to see greater things than that, son. Boy, don't you think Nathaniel wanted to stay close to Jesus so he could see those angels ascending and descending? Amen? I'm telling you, it was, wasn't, it ex wouldn't you believe that it was exciting? To just walk with Jesus. And it's exciting for us to walk with him, isn't it? See his miracles as he saves sinners and, and does great things. I'm telling you, we just need to be thankful. What about some of you that maybe learned, led your first soul to the Lord Jesus here at Tabernacle? Or maybe you got saved at Tabernacle. Or you got the assurance of your salvation at Tabernacle. Or your children got uh, the assurance of salvation or they learned great things. Listen, I, I think we're such an ungrateful bunch of um, Christians. It's sad how ungrateful we are. I'm talking about from the pastor right on back all the way out. We need to be more thankful. If our children learn more about that Bible in children's church or Sunday school, Come home with some great lessons. We ought to thank God for everything. Amen. Thank God you had someone there when your wife got sick, dear brother. Amen. That loves her and cares about her and loves you. Amen. If you're not careful, you, you get your eyes on everybody who's not thankful and don't love you. Amen. And just thank the Lord for the ones that do care about you. Amen. Thank the Lord for the Isbels. I thank the Lord for them that they came down here and were there for you. And if the Lord leads you off there, brother, I, I think they're real sweet people. You know, kind of like the brother. Better than some I met. Amen. I think he really loves the Lord, loves the Bible, and loves, loves you people. Isn't that nice that somebody loves us? Amen. We ought to thank God that we have a church to come to. We ought to thank God. I'm thinking about this fellow, though. Jesus said, in whom no, is no guile. There's no hypocrisy in this fellow. 
He is frank. He's innocent. He's honest. He doesn't, he doesn't hide anything. He's not cunning. Did you know, you, did you, know you, can, you can even, just by your silence when you ought to speak, you can deceive a person. You can act like you're on their side and you don't even answer their question. And they come to you with great frankness, you know, and, and great simplicity. And if you're not careful, you won't answer their question. And you know you'll be deceptive and, and, and uh, it, it's so easy to be deceptive, even by being silent and being quiet. I talked to somebody not, too, not, a, not two months ago and I said, I said, I, I, I'm just as, just look right through me. I said, I have nothing to hide. I'm just as clear as just, I'm clairvoyant. Is that the word? Just look right through me. I have nothing to hide. Why do so, so many people have so much to hide? Amen? You can be deceptive, friends, even by your silence. You can say, well, I'm a quiet person. Well, you better speak when you ought to speak. And be still when you ought to be still. But be honest with people. Don't route around the questions. Amen? Just be open and honest with people. And I'm saying, I, in the past, and I, I, would, I don't know if even, even now, if, I can, if, I, if he could say to me, in whom is no guile. May God help us to be guileless. That means no cunning, secretive stuff. Just honest and frank with people. That doesn't mean you're, you're curt with people. That doesn't mean you're, you're abrupt with people. It doesn't mean you're unkind to people, but you're very honest with people. Innocent. I think about Joseph. Here he is at 17 years old. He brings up the evil report of his brothers to his father. To me, it seems like, here's the 17-year-old boy, and he's just as naive as anybody could be. Can you see Joseph coming up and say, hey, say, Dad, uh, Dad, um, Jacob, Father Jacob, your sons Reuben and Simeon, my half-brothers, have been doing some bad things. And I'm here to report it to you, Father Jacob. Oh, it says they hated him because he brought up the evil report. Can't you see the innocency of the 17-year-old boy? He doesn't, he doesn't dislike the brothers. He's not against the brothers. He's not doing it to get back at the brothers. Are you with me? Because of some thing that they had done to him. He's just, he's just without guile. And he's just, Father I think you ought to know my brothers have been doing some bad things. I preached on that a few months ago, a couple months ago. Who knows, but maybe they were doing some immoral things. Amen. We sure know Reuben did. Somebody had to tell somebody about Reuben. Gone up to your father's bed. Unstable as water. Thou shalt not excel. Adultery is a great sin. 
Amen? Don't you ever do it. Don't you ever do it. And I don't want to talk about lightly in our church ever again, in a prayer group or anything. Amen? Sorry, I don't want any, any outside parties of families mentioned again in our church. Hello? I say this lovingly and kindly to you. I don't want to hear it again. Hello? And all God's people said? Amen? We don't really want to hear about the escapades of some relative. Amen? We don't want it to be announced. It's bad enough to even say it in private. You stick to your husband and your wife. Hello? Amen? And if you don't, you're going to pay a great price. Every one of us. I'll point one at me. I believe like Dr. Harold B. Seitler, I could have some affair with some woman in 40 days. My whole life in ministry would be completely ruined. So my testimony and my wife's testimony is very, very important to me. Hello? Won't you receive anything against this pastor or my wife? Amen? Amen? Don't do it in the past. Don't do it now. And do not do it in the future. If you do, I'm going to take you to task. Hello? If somebody can find fault with the pastor, then my whole ministry can go down the drain. If enough people side with the wrong person against me, my wife, or my daughter, my family, and then, then my whole ministry is destroyed. Or half of the church goes down the street. Amen? Amen? Purity. I already declared to you that I don't think I'm guileless, as I ought to be. But oh, we ought to be more, much more after we're saved than before we're saved, friends. Amen? May God help us. Hello? We're going to have revival next week, Lord willing. Starting what? On Monday. I'm looking for a great meeting. I hope you are. Amen? Let's go out and reach the lost and bring them in. Bring them in. But your testimony, I will promise you with the help of the Lord, I will not, I will not receive any accusation, dear brother, against Brother Walton. He's got enough trouble just getting back from Iraq and all that. Amen? Amen. He's my brother. And so I'll just back you up, brother. Amen? Amen. Everybody here. Hello? Hello? The pure. I think Joseph the pure. Couldn't we call him Joseph the pure? Can't you see how naive he is coming in and telling the evil report? By the way, was this gossip? Hello? This was not gossip? I didn't even think about this. This was not. This was just telling. Father, this was not tattletaling. The Bible implies that they were wrong and Joseph was right in bringing the evil report to his father. In innocence. In a guileless situation. Why? Because maybe the thing would fester and maybe the boys could be helped. Maybe the sin could be stopped. Are you with me? I don't know why he brought it up. I don't know which one it was. But I know one thing. Joseph was the dreamer. And they say, here comes the dreamers. And they're the ones that were talking about killing him. They were the ones that put him down into the pit. And he'd done nothing wrong. He just had dreams that God gave him. Amen? He's innocent. That's one of the words that was in there about guileless. 
about Nathaniel. I think Joseph was like that. I do. I don't know, but I think Daniel was like that. I really think Daniel had a testimony. We know Joseph later on, he refused Potiphar's wife. We know he was pure. Joseph was a pure man. And even, even in his tricking his brothers, that was just for their good. He was not trying, and he put him in, put him in jail, Simeon. Didn't he put J, Simeon? But it wasn't Simeon probably the one that said, kill him, kill him. <laughs> Amen. Doesn't the Lord Jesus even do that? And he's guileless, sure enough. He's the God of glory. And our Lord Jesus, boy, in some of their things, they, they came to him and tried to trick him, and he tricked them back, amen? He, he, he threw it back at him, the Lord Jesus Christ, amen? So that's all Joseph did. I see a, guile, a guileless, loving, compassionate, kind Joseph. I can see a, a guileless believer in the life of Joseph. I can th- see it in Daniel. Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. You know, you never see, you never see Daniel. You see him in the prayer closet. You see him opening his windows toward Jerusalem. You see him on his knees. You don't see him out there really reproving and rebuking people, not in the scriptures at least. He was in charge. We really don't know what he did. But he trusted the Lord. He trusted the God of glory. Oh, couldn't we all be a little bit more without guile than we are now? Without craftiness or hiding things, hiding our feelings. Oh, it's so nice just to be nice to everybody and be true. When I go up and shake Brother Lowell's hand and I say, good to see you this morning, brother. I mean that. Amen? Because I, I love their family and I love them. But I, I, that's true of everybody here. Amen? Be be genuine. If you're not glad to see him there, amen, then get together with the brother or sister and get things straight so you can say it's good to see you this morning. Amen? Amen? Because that's the way we need to be as one big family. The devil's for division. God's for unity among the brethren. Now we have to separate from the wolves and from those that are in sheep's clothing. We must separate from the godless crowd and the God-cursing crowd and the worldly crowd. But our own brothers and sisters, we're one big family in Christ. Amen? Brother, when I... The lights, he's, he's doing all this tonight. We got a girl, amen, and everything's fine and mother's fine and everything's good. Amen? But when I say that I appreciated those phone calls that you sent me, brother, I was just as serious as serious could be. They encouraged me. Amen? When people do nice things to me, like giving me this, uh, this Bible book cover, they're not cheap when you get big ones like this. And I don't know how much it costed me. Listen, years ago, I wouldn't have to just mention it and get it. Years ago, I was poor. I had to save my pennies a long time to get it. Amen? Now I just mention it, and there it is, brother. Henry, amen. God's good. But we ought to be, since we're, we're clipping the coupons now, we're down on the end of the trail here, amen. You know, things maybe ought to go a little bit better. They didn't go better for Spurgeon, though. Well, I think they did financially, because he went on those trips. 
Spurgeon had such pressure, I can imagine, of five and 6,000 people. And then the, the college, the preacher's college, and the or didn't he have orphanages too? I think he had orphanages too. Spurgeon, I thought he did. Anyhow, all the work he had in that big church, they said that he would go and sleep for two whole days. He'd sleep for two whole days. I didn't know people could sleep that long. Pressure. And then he, he had to go on vacations. And every day he wrote his wife. Every day he wrote his wife. His wife said, honey, you don't have to write every day. He said, well, I'm just going to keep writing every day to you. He was away because of the pressures of the ministry. And then he stood against the whole Baptist Union. That's like standing against the whole Southern Baptist Convention. Amen? When everybody said, well, why is Spurgeon such a stick in the mud? Why is he, doesn't he conform? You know what I heard the other day? I heard, and I think I mentioned it here at the church, that, that uh, J. Frank Norris got the whole library of Spurgeon. He purchased the whole library of Spurgeon. I'm telling you, it must have been some library. They say J. Frank Norris was a brain, brilliant man. I'll tell you what, both of those men suffered, though. Suffered at the hands of weak Christians. Amen? The slander of weak Christians. I just said all this to say, how pure are we? How guileless are we? Brother Lights, he's about as sincere as anybody can be in the church. You don't hide too much, brother. He just, he's been down the road as a sergeant major. Amen? Sergeant major. Were you a command sergeant major too? Command sergeant major. All the, all the less, then you go over to Washington. Otherwise, you couldn't go any higher, right? And so listen. But when I, when I think of Brother Lightsey, listen, I'm not, he's, he's far from perfect. I have talked to his wife a few times, not in private, but I've talked to her. <laughs> Amen? But you know something? He's genuine with me. I sense that he's genuine with me. I think all of you need to be. Hello? I think I need to be with you. Amen? Amen? I don't ever, I don't ever des desire, Brother Hallman, to ever uh, try to get around you. You know, I just want to be able to go right up to you and talk to you about anything of any importance. Amen? Because I love you in the Lord. And I will always love you in the Lord. Amen? In fact, if you even went against me completely, I even love Huntley. So I'm a pretty loving guy. Brother McVaney wants to kill him. Not really kill him, but... Brother McVaney said, how could you forgive that guy the way he treated you? And he was messing up this other pastor's church in Germany. I said, well, brother, I'm just a forgiving fellow. Amen? Let's try it. You'll like it. You'll sleep better at night. Amen? Why hold the grudge against somebody in the church? That'll destroy you. It won't destroy me. Amen? I don't like to hold grudges. Amen? Purity. Purity. 
May God help us to be pure and our thinking pure. And then wouldn't it be great, brethren, a little bit older brethren, wouldn't it be great if we could train up some children and grandchildren that would be noted for their purity of thought, purity of walk, purity of of speech about other people. They better see it in you or they'll take on your bad habits, brother and sister. Amen? I'm thinking of some of y'all right here, right now. Amen? And your children have picked up your good habits. If you know how to deal with people and you're kind to people, they have a hard time not being kind to people. Hello? If you're a truthful parent, they have a hard time being a dirty, rotten, filthy liar. Hello? They might have other problems, but if you're very honest, they will probably be, they'll pick up on that honesty, and they'll feel so guilty that they'll come to you and say, I'm sorry, I I lied to you, or I stole, or I did something, and that is not the way I want to be. Because I know, Daddy, you're like this, and I don't want to be like that when you've been such a good example to me. Amen? Amen. Be honest with your brothers and sisters. You know what I find? The greatest problem with a bunch of us is we think we're better than we are and we're dishonest with our own sorry self. We lie to ourselves. The best of us as Christians, we lie to ourselves and we think we're better than we are and that's to our detriment. The truth of the matter is we, we all need a little bit more honesty with our own self. with our pride or whatever else or our smiling to someone how can you keep smiling at somebody and you have a grudge against them hello how can you keep smiling at somebody and have a grudge against them I want to say it the third time how can you keep smiling at somebody and have a grudge against them Thou shalt not bear any grudge against the children of thy people. I am the Lord. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Amen? Why do people hold grudges? They're going to destroy themselves. Amen? I was so delighted when I, I said to Mrs. Williams tonight over there, and I said, I want, how's, your, how's your man doing? And she said, I just talked to him, and he, and, and, and he, said, uh, he said he just wanted to say hello or something, something kind, and I said, will you say the same back to him? Because that's the way I feel about him. And when I said that, I was just as sincere as, as, as any pastor could be, because I love Brother Williams, and I love their family. I have nothing against anybody, Amen. Hello? Hello? 
Hello? I don't have a problem holding a grudge. Amen? I don't want to start now. Well, amen. If you have a grudge against anybody, you should go to them. I'm planning on going to someone this next week. Amen? Because I don't believe in holding grudges. It's not you, Brother Robert, but you better behave, boy. No, I love you in the Lord, Brother Robert. Amen? But the best of us could get at odds with each other. Uh, the most loving of us could get at odds with each other. The best thing to do is go to Brother Robert and say, Brother Robert, uh, well, what about this, 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 and this? Amen? And you know what we do? We bury it right then. We get on with business. Fighting the devil. Because we sure don't want to fight each other. We got too much trouble fighting the devil. Amen, 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 amen. Hello? Are we, are we sincere? Are we sincere with each other? The guileless person is, is really sincere. They can look a person in the eye and, and, and say, I love you. I really mean that. I love you. I can say that to you, Brother Steve. I don't have trouble with that. Amen? You don't have to appreciate every sermon I preached, but you still, I hope you ought to love me. Amen? And I don't appreciate everything you've ever done around here either, but I love you in the Lord. Amen? Huh? I don't have any desire for you to tell everybody how, the sermons that you didn't like I preached either. And I don't have any desire to tell everybody the little problems, and they've been very minute, praise the Lord, about you. Amen? We've got enough to fight the devil. We can't be fighting each other. Amen? Well, I feel good tonight. But I want my life to be more guileless, less hypocritical, more loving to each other. May God help us to be pure. This little girl that's being born in the world about 10 or 15, 20 minutes ago now. Oh, how we want her to be pure. Amen? The only way she'll probably be pure is if she has a good godly mom and dad, and she does, who care about her purity. Amen? But what about all these? Do you realize all these kids are counting on us here? I'm about through with my sermon now. I, I was going to quit a lot sooner. All God's people said amen. My wife said, don't preach too long. We're having a birthday party for you afterwards. Never answered her back. But I did intend to have a real short one. And it got longer than I intended. But I believe Daniel was guileless. He was so sincere. and He was a man of prayer. May God help us. Can you imagine our lovely Lord Jesus? Behold, an Israelite indeed. I don't even know what that is. I didn't even look that up. Is he saying that he's like, that he's like unto uh, Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews? I don't know. What is an Israelite indeed? I didn't look it up. Maybe I'll have a sermon for you for the next week. But I know one thing. I looked up the word guile. But an Israelite, Jesus saying this about a man. You know what he said to Peter? Get thee behind me, Satan. For thou savest not the things that be of, of, of God, but those that be of men. Wow. But one other time he said, from henceforth you'll be called Peter. 
my wife mentioned earlier before the Sunday school hour, she said, what about, she said, was that Peter that said, Something about the Lord Jesus. I said, yes, he cursed and swore and said he didn't even know the Lord Jesus Christ. And he was the spokesman of the twelve. He was even in the, he was above the inner three, Peter, James, and John. He was the spokesman of the whole twelve and he cursed and swore. But I reminded my wife that he did chop his ear off. Oh, that's what she, re- she said. Is, is, was it Peter that said, uh, neither will I deny thee? I said, yes, that was Peter. For the cock crows, thou shalt deny me thrice, three times. Can we all, are we all able, if the leader of the whole twelve, the one chosen by Jesus and walked with him three and a half years, saw his miracles and did miracles and everything else, can, can he curse and swear and say, I never knew him? He did! So we better be careful that we don't! But he went out and wept bitterly, and God still used him, didn't he? Amen? But he didn't take someone else's wife, or he'd have been out of business. Amen? And he sure didn't curse and swear at the Lord Jesus either. Amen? He didn't blaspheme God. went back to his old Peter. <laughs> Isn't the Lord gracious with us? Kind to us. But don't we want to be more pure? Sad to say, in some of our past, it's pretty dirty, isn't it? But oh, thank God, all the future pages are all white writing, writing paper. Amen? Our record in the future is all clean, friends. Don't we want it to be more pure and more pure, and more pure as we, we go closer to our home in the sky with the Lord Jesus Christ. May our deeds be pure. May our words be pure. May our thoughts be pure. May our intentions be pure. May they be without guile. Help us, Lord, to be like Nathaniel. Help us, Lord, to be like Joseph the pure. And help us to be like Daniel. No mention of any sin. In any one of all three of their lives that I know of, although they did sin, but the Lord didn't mention it. May we ask him, think on these pure thoughts, pure things. Amen? Let's quit thinking bad things about each other. Start thinking bad things about the devil. I told someone the other week, was this the person that that is the one guilty with this and the one that is the one that we should blame for this? And they said, and they were going to say yes. And I said, that's not the one. We blame the devil. We blame the dirty devil. You can, you can scold him and everything and blame him for anything you want to and you'll be right. Amen? Every time you'll be right. The devil doesn't do anything right. 
And if he's, he does, it's to cover up the wrong that he's doing. If you get what I'm uh, talking about. Every intention of the devil is wrong. Every one of them. Even if he portray a good deed, his intentions are to lure you into something that's bad. He's the deceiver. We need to have nothing to do with him. Help us, Lord. Love thee more and serve thee better. Help us in these days to honor thee. Dear Lord, be true, faithful, kind, loving. Filled with thy goodness, love, and mercy. Bless our people. Help me to be more pure, Father, in my thinking, in my actions, in, my, in what I watch and hear and see and do and read and all the things. Thank you, Lord, for the precious little life that's been given and mother okay and baby okay. Another little girl to train up to be a pure little gem for thee. That if, Lord, you don't come back in her day, dear Lord, that she might grow up and be a great witness and a great Christian for your glory. Maybe get married. And dear Lord, be such a wonderful wife for some young man in the days ahead who needs a good, clean, pure wife. May we determine to be more pure ourselves. In our thoughts, actions, words, and deeds, we pray in Jesus' name.